Good morning. My name is Rich Schulte. I'm a member of the consistory, and I get the privilege of also serving on the executive board. So I'm the lucky winner of the executive board minute for this month. And so I wanted to share a few things with you. Uh, one of the privileges we had this past week, Wednesday night into Thursday all day, was um, a conference. Now this conference was called the Faith, Sexuality, and Gender Conference. It was led by Dr. Preston Sprinkle, and it was just not for people here. We had over a thousand people attend, both in person and online, from 31 different states and from multiple countries that joined us to, to wrestle with, to ask questions of, uh, to get some answers to many of the questions we had in relation to this topic. And so it was a, a really blessed time of learning, of challenging each other, and of learning how God intends us to love each and every person that he has created. And so um, many times when you leave a conference like that, you wonder, so what do I do with this? What do I, I have all this, I, had, I still have further questions. I got a lot of information. It's like drinking through a fire hose. But now what do I do or what can I do? And so even if you weren't at the conference, there are lots of opportunities. So I'm going to speak to a resource. It's outside of each of the doors as you leave the sanctuary. On the bottom right-hand corner, there's a QR code. So you can just scan the code, and it'll give you the same information. Or you could go to our website, and all this information is also available there. So what opportunities are there? Well, I'll tell you. There are several. So one of the first ones is called Conversations About Jesus, Relationships, and Sexuality. It's in the auditorium. It begins today at 11. Uh, the goal of this series is to faithfully present our Creator's design for our bodies and help students follow Jesus with their sexuality. Third desires everyone to be informed of what is being taught to our youth. We invite parents, grandparents, friends, young adults, and everyone who cares for and about students to attend this series, which starts today and goes through February 19. Also, another class led by Kevin. This one begins January 22nd um, from 4.30 to 5.30 on Sundays. What God has to say about our bodies. This book provides biblical guidance for living, including understanding gender, gender sexuality, and identity, dealing with aging, illness, and death, and considering the future hope that we have in Christ. Parenting. So we will be looking at the lies confronting our children and us, equipping Bible passages, the importance of grace and prayer, and how you must view parenting as a mission, not an obligation. This is led by Carl Corver. It begins Sunday, January 22nd. Biblical sexuality in a hyper-sexualized world. In this study, we'll understand how sex, gender, marriage, and family are actually a picture created by God for us to understand him. And that will begin Wednesday, January 11th, and go through April 12th from 630 to 8. Redeeming singleness. And I want to emphasize this, too, that that's one of the things that came out of the conference as well, is how can we honor singleness? And so this class talks about sing that singleness has a distinctive role in God's covenant people. Often overshadowed, there is profound biblical and theological truth in living a single life, which provides a powerful witness to God's to the gospel in today's world, led by Karen Cleveland. That'll start January 25th. The seven principles for making marriage work. 
Straightforward in its approach, yet profound in its effect, the seven principles will teach partners new and startling strategies for making marriage work. Matthew Birch leads that beginning January 25. And two more. Emotionally healthy relationships. As followers of Jesus, we are called to love God and love others. But let's face it, sometimes we need help when it comes to loving people well. This course will equip you with the practical tools to love people in difficult situations and mature into the adult follower of Jesus. Steph Heatbrink leads that beginning January 18th. And finally, guiding families and friends of LGBTQ plus loved ones. This group will uh, provide support and resource for families, friends, and ministry leaders of LGBT plus loved ones. This will be a space of care and compassion that seeks to honor one another's stories and hold challenging realities together. Kathy Haug leads that, uh, that class as well. So I encourage you, if you don't have this resource already, there, there are limited copies outside the doors, but again, use the QR code, go to the website for more information. Whew. So a lot of information, a lot of information for you. I just ask that you prayerfully, prayerfully consider those opportunities moving forward. So if you'd please join me in prayer. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to gather in your house, to have fellowship with each other. Uh, this morning, I especially pray for Kevin. I just pray that uh, the Holy Spirit would begin to plant the message that you have intended for him uh, to speak this morning. Would you work through him and through his words, Father, to deliver whatever it is you have for us today. I pray that you would equip us, um, that we would be good listeners, that we would not be distracted by anything this morning so that we can clearly hear the message you have for us, that we would leave here not the same as we came, but that we leave here changed so that we can impact a world that is in desperate need of your light. So we're thankful and we're, we're grateful for these opportunities. So help us to learn how to love others well. Uh, we're so thankful for the example you gave in your son. And, uh, and Father, um, may we never forget the sacrifice you made uh, in sending him not just to live and to be an example, but to die and to allow us to have eternal life with him. So at this time, I'd like you to join me in pray, praying the prayer which he taught us. If you do not know the words, they will be on the screen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, Rich. I'd like to frame this, if I may. We will talk specifically in both Sanctuary and Auditorium about sexuality uh, on January 29, February 12, and February 19th. But last week in this next two, I'd like to frame our conversation around sexuality with a more basic understanding when that is the foundation of all relationships is the Godhead. So last week Sunday in the Sanctuary Clay in the auditorium, Tom Vanderbilt talked about the Father, Son, and Spirit and the dance of love, the circle of love, the relationship. And one of the things I wanna, I wanna really emphasize for the next two weeks, we're gonna use the same two passages this week and next. 
And we're going to look at 1 John 4, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 13. And what I want to really emphasize to you is we flourish in relationships if we understand that we are in living in the circle of love, Father, Son, and Spirit. We enter through Jesus, and then we flourish in love if we understand, listen now, God is love. Today, I'd, I'd like to ask if you'd be willing to uh, as much as you can, push aside all kinds of preconceptions about the phrase, God is love. And I'm going to try to unpack it to you in a way perhaps you've not heard it before. But this is foundational. If we're going to talk about maleness, femaleness, relationships, and all that is coming and around us presently. So let me start with a quote, if I may. And this comes from A.W. Tozer. Uh, slide number four, please. A.W. Tozer says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Now, I've used this, I paraphrase this many times, but here's the exact quote. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. If this is true, how does it impact our relationships? So what I'm going to say the next two weeks, and I'm going to just beat this thing into the ground, is God is love. If we believe that, if we actually embrace that, it will help us flourish in all our relationships with all people. But if our image of God is an angry cop, a crabby dad, uh, a distant de de deity, or whatever it is, how does it help us in relationships? So I, I need to push really hard this week and next because you've got to get your head around this. You've got to wrestle with me in this. We have to understand that fundamentally, God is love. Let me give you an example. Listen, listen to the sentence. Love is God's essence. Love is not God's identity. Let me give you an example. I'll use myself. Apply it to you. My essence is I am an eternal being in God's never-ending universe. That's my essence. Let me explain it. When you live in this planet, or when we die, we will still live. The question is, where? So we live here, and then we will live in heaven or hell. But we will always be alive. Our essence, listen, your essence, my essence, is we are never, we are eternal beings. What's my identity? My identity is my name is Kevin Corver. I'm married to Lane. We have four sons. We have three daughters-in-law. We have seven grandchildren. And I live in Pella, Iowa. That's my identity. God's essence is love. Not, forget identity right now. His essence. So let me give you an example. Stay with me. When Jesus is on the cross, remember what we're talking last week, the dance, the dance, Father, Son, and Spirit, the dance of love, the circle of love. Jesus, Father, Son, Spirit, all in the dance, yes? Here's an example. Jesus is on the cross. He is being crucified. Now, remember Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, I used John chapter 1. Uh, we talked about Jesus being the light of the world, and the light has not, the darkness has not understood it or overcome it. Remember all that? Remember that when I talked about that? The word light can also be translated love. Jesus is the love of the world, 
and the darkness has not overcome or understood love. Now, when I use the word love, I'm using, there are four words for love in the New Testament. I'm using the fourth word, agapao. It is to will and to do the good of another. Now, back to the cross. Stay with me. Don't lose me. So Jesus on the cross, coming from the circle of love, when the people who he created, John chapter 1, the ones he gave life to, the ones who he called into being are crucifying him, spitting on him, hitting him, hating him. What does he say from the cross? He says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. How could he say that? Jesus could not say anything else because Jesus is love. It would have been out of character for Jesus to damn and condemn those people. His, care, his essence, his essence is love. For God so loved the world, he gave his son. The essence of that love is he wants a relationship with us. So a little more, little more introduction here. Reformed Christians, some of us come from that tribe. Our Bible reading starts in Genesis 3, the fall. And we got total depravity down, so down, we got that down. We got it down. We got it down. You know how totally depraved you are. We got it down. But the Bible starts in Genesis 1 and 2. In Genesis 1 and 2, you have the story of one who is expressively, wonderfully, joyfully creating people and creation so that all of us can join, listen, the circle of love. He, this, this, this just blows my mind. At the first service, at the 8 o'clock service, there's a young man named Ann Danette who is a Nassau nut. And he brings out with me his phone every week and he shows me pictures from Hubble and everything else. And I think he said to me this morning, I, I think, he said there are 26 quadrillion known universes or galaxies. Jesus created them all. He holds all things together. Father, Son, and Spirit dance in love, and they invite us to live in the context of the willing and doing the good of each other. That's the good news. And so as we talk about sexuality, I'm thinking, time out. Let's first talk about the relationships that start in the Godhead and in the Godhead's love for humans. So this week, I want to focus on the love that is God. Next week, I, please come back, because next week, I want to show you how this love is to be expressed with each other. So can I invite you to open your Bibles, please, to 1 John chapter 4. We'll start with that, and then we'll go to 1 Corinthians 13, if I have time. Okay, so you got, it? got a page number? No, no, slide five then, please. Is that, who's, who's back? Is that Morgan? There you go. Thanks, honey. Can I have slide five, please? So today, what comes into your mind when you think about God? 
And does the phrase, God is love, resonate with how each of us lives? So, real personal. So, as you live your life, whatever your job is, whatever your tasks are, do you live with a focused understanding that God is love? Now, we push again. It's his essence. It's not his identity. That's who God is. That's who God is. That, that this is your God. This is why over and over, since Kirk has died, I've used this passage over and over and over. Romans 8. Nothing, if you are invited by the relationship you have with Jesus into the circle of love, St. Paul writes, nothing can ever separate you from the love of God, Father, Son, and Spirit, that is in, through Christ Jesus, your Lord. Life can't, death can't, angels can't, demons can't, nothing in all creation can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. That's how we flourish. We flourish out of this place of being loved. I have a last, let me jump ahead. More, give me slide nine. Please, thank you. Look, look at this quote from Willard. This is going to be KevinKTRCPell.com. Deeper, listen to this quote. Deeper than the fact that God loves us is this. God is love. He wills nothing but what is good. This is God's essence. Look at the next phrase. And explains why he loves us even when he is not pleased with us or even loved by us. Do you believe that? So I believe that God is love even though Kirk is dead. I believe God is love, and I could go, we could all do this. We could all go through all kinds of things. I, this, 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 this is my driver. I absolutely believe that everything God does is for my good. Everything. Whether I understand it or not, and I don't understand very much, but I believe he is willing what is good. Now, if that's my driver, I can do this. Because I absolutely believe God's at work. No matter what happens, I believe I am in the circle of love, Father, Son, and Spirit forever. And that's what I'm inviting us to experience, to believe the same thing. Let's go to 1 John 4, verse 7. I'm going to read it kind of slowly, and then I'll come back and hit some, hit some verses. Chapter 4, verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love, location, comes from God. This is the word love, to will and do the good of the other. Everyone who loves, so in relationships, who will and does the good of another, has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because, read the next three words out loud, would you? What, what, what does that say? Do you believe that? See, that, that, this, is key. this is the key for our sexuality, for our relationships, everything for flourishing is dependent on our understanding that God is love. Because that's all John's going to talk about. He's going to talk about relationships constantly, and he's always going to come back to God is love. Next phrase. This, now, now, to show how much God loves, 
Look what he uses to describe it. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world, now the purpose clause, so that we might live through Jesus. This is love, the willing and good of God to us. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, how much to send his son, we also ought to love one another. That's how we flourish. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another to will the good of the other, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in God and God in us. He has given us of his spirit, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in that person, and they live in God. And so we know, gnosko, experience, and rely, depend on the love, the will of God for us. Now again, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Look at that phrase. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us. Purpose clause, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. We will not fear when Christ returns. In this world, look at this next sentence, this phrase. In this world, you are like Jesus. What does that mean? It means we love. If, 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 if we are in Jesus, we love. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. The one who, fear, the, the one who fears is not made perfect in love. So we love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen, cannot love God who they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love brother and sister. Now hold your finger right there. If you have your own Bible, draw arrow back to chapter 3, verse 23. So look at 323. And this is his command. To believe in the name, of, the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. Now, put your Bible down for one second and look at me. So I want you to think back now. John, the person writing this, also wrote the Gospel of John. He writes in the Upper Room Discourse, chapter 13 of the Gospel of John, Jesus, you remember what Jesus, the disciples have just been fighting over who's the greatest. So relationships are obviously not flourishing with the disciples. They're fighting who's the greatest. On the road, they're having a fight. I'm going to sit in the right hand. I'm going to sit in the left hand. Who's going to be the greatest? And they're fighting each other. And they come in to have this dinner, the few days where Jesus is going to get killed. And Jesus knows. What does Jesus do? In the most, hum I'm going to use this word, it's humiliating. I've told you this many times. In the ancient world, a rabbi would never, ever, ever, ever be seen without clothing, ever. 
Your ankles were not, your, your, they were covered to their feet. And Jesus, the one who created all things, John 1, the one who holds all things together, Colossians, that one takes off his clothes, I think humility here now, down to his underwear. He takes a bowl of water in a basin and he washes their feet. And I've said this to you a thousand times in the last 30 years. The feet in that day were dirtier than your bottom. So it would be like, it would be like, like Jesus washing your bottom without any clothes on. And when he gets done, he looks at him and says, do you understand what I have just done for you? You'll be blessed if you do it. And then he says in verses 34 and 35, you, the world, will know you are my disciples if you love one another. God is love. And when we live out of that love, his willing our good, as we live out of that, our relationships flourish. So that's what he's poking at here. Now, go back to the Tozer quote, please. This is why I paraphrase this, but I'm gonna give you the exact quote. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Because relationships are messy, yes? Relationships are hard, hard. So when things are really hard, really hard, it is important if I'm gonna flourish that I have a right image of who God is. And here he says clearly, God is love. Now, what about justice? What about wrath? What about sin? It's all in the context of God's amazing love. So you, you, this is so critical. Because if I don't believe that I live in the circle of love, if I don't believe my God is a God of love, then doggone it, I gotta, I gotta protect myself. I gotta do whatever I gotta do to have a good relationship. And if you don't do what I want, we're not gonna be friends. And if I don't like what you post, I'm gonna post something else and I'm gonna tell people what an idiot you are. And blah, 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 blah. Look at us, look at the world. How many people who call themselves Christians believe, gnosko, it is to know it here and to live it here. How many of us believe God is love? Bring it home even closer. How many of you believe God loves you? So let's just say last night. Let's use an example. Last night, I went somewhere and I lost 4,000 bucks gambling. And I was so discouraged I got drunk and the girl next to me at the, at the table would look pretty provocative and so I end up in the sack with her and then I come to church this morning. How's God feel about me today? I push it farther. Does God still love you? Does God still love me? What did I go? Nothing can ever separate us from the love of God. Does God, can I have the last slide, the Alice Willard slide? Look at this one. Look at this slide now. Deeper than the fact that God loves us is this. God is love. He wills nothing but his good. This is God's essence. It explains that why he loves is even when I've gambled, lost money, and I've been drunk, and I've been unfaithful to Lane, even he's not pleased with us, he loves us, he still loves us. That's just, that's just, this is crazy, isn't it? This is the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. 
Whoever believes in him. Do I fall off the wagon and sin? Yes. And then we, this morning we repented. And we start again. When you accept Christ as your Savior, you enter the circle of, listen, 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 listen. You cannot lose it. If God has pulled you in, invited you in, called you in, wooed you in, dragged you into the circle of love, you are in the circle of love forever. And so if you fall off the wagon, confess, rebuild fellowship, and go on. Lord, I lost 4,000 bucks last night. Lord, I got drunk out of my head. Lord, I was in faithful lane. Hear the words of Scripture. If we are, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Do you believe that? If you do, you will flourish in relationships. That comes back to the image of God. If I got this angry God, this, this angry police officer God, if I got an absent dad God, if I got an abusive mother God or whatever, flourish. Let me, let me keep pushing it. I, I want you to imagine, just imagine, that somehow this room has been transformed into the circle of love. And we know Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are right here with us. We, we know, we can sense it, we can see it, we can feel it. Can you imagine yourself there? What does your God say to you in the circle of love? I'm, I, I can't answer, I'm asking you. What does your God, our God, say to you when you're with him in the circle of love? It'll drive every decision we make for all of our lives. Yes? See, this is so critical. So before we talk about genitals and sex and relationships and all this stuff, we gotta go back to the circle of love, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I said this to you, and I think last week the links were all the eight sermons I preached on this. It just blows my mind. Paraphrase of that series. Why did God create you? Why did God create us? One simple reason. He wants to invite us into a relationship of love. That's it. God doesn't need us. He doesn't need a relationship with us. He wants a relationship with us. He wants to be deeply embedded in each of our hearts and lives and bodies so that we live from love. Real quick, turn over to 1 Corinthians 13. Megan, kind of a Morgan page number? Morgan, kick me in the fanny sometime. I keep getting that wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah. 1 Corinthians 13. And I want to make another distinction. We're going to come back all this next week again. 1 Corinthians 13, look at verses 4 through 8. Now, you've heard it many times, often at weddings. Let me bring it a little different perspective. 1 Corinthians 13, beginning at verse 4. The text reads, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. 
Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. So how do we read that? Generally, I'm generalizing. Let me, let me translate it. Um, put your name in. I'll, I'll, put your name. Kevin is patient. Kevin is kind. Kevin does not envy. Kevin does not boast. Kevin's not proud. Kevin is, so what, what happens when I do that? Okay. I got to be a good Christian. I got to be patient today. Okay, I'm going to be patient today. Today I'm going to be patient. Oh, and, and, and then I'm going to be kind. Does that how we read the passage? I'm, just, I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. Is that fair? That's not what it says. It says love is patient. It says love is kind. If you're living from the circle of love, you can do what Jesus did. It says, I just read, we are like Jesus. Coming out of you without effort will be patience, will be kindness, will be humility, because you are living from the circle of love, because you're living from the place where God is love. So don't try to be patient. Go ahead and try. It's okay. Kind. No. This is why for years we've been talking about abiding in the vine, being deeply connected with Jesus. People say, what should I do to become a better Christian? Love Jesus. Learn about the person, heart of Jesus. Jesus says, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Be connected to Jesus. Abide in him. Let his words just, what would, what would happen if just, I don't know, John 14 or 15, for one month every day, you just read, just read one chapter that describes Jesus. What would happen if instead of spending X hours on their social media doing X and Y and Z, what if, just, just, just give 10 minutes, just ask yourself, Lord, who are you? And try to put yourself in that place. So I, I use this illustration. Lane and I are married 43 years. We can close, finish each other's sentences. You know this. Finish sentences. We, we know. We, we, it's, how, how, can we, how can I know so much about my wife? And how, how is she me? How, how? We have been abiding, dwelling together, connecting with each other for 43 years. Does the same thing apply to Jesus? Let his words remain in you. Let his spirit have space in you. Create space. Because if we do this, this is where relationships go. We start to flourish. Go back to the Sermon on the Mount. When I am, when I am, when I am deeply connected with Jesus, when my enemy does this, Naturally, I can just say, and when someone persecutes me, naturally, I can bless. Why? How? Because we're living from the circle of love. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. Don't become a better Christian. No. Fall in love with Jesus.
And out of that love relationship, his life and his love would just come. And when you're on your cross and you want to condemn the people who are saying horrible things about you, you'll do what he said. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And then we flourish and relationships thrive. Now follow me. Therefore, I will handle my sexuality coming out of a flourishing relationship with the triune God. And how I relate to you as sexual beings, we're all sexual beings, how I relate to you, this sexual being to you, comes out of the circle of love. Which means you should always be safe with me sexually. You should always be safe with me verbally. You should always be safe with me physically. And that's how we should all be. We flourish in relationships when we embrace that God is love. Last slide, please. So people say, action steps, what are we going to do? Well, we'll get some more. How about just a couple quick things? Because I'm going to come back to all this next week again. But just reject condemnation. It says, perfect love casts out fear. So, do you believe that the perfect love of Jesus is so good and so great that when, if like me, my illustration, I lost 4,000 bucks gambling, I got drunk, and I had an affair, do I believe so strongly in the forgiving grace of Jesus, having confessed my sins, please hear that, confess my sins, that there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus? Do you actually believe that? Or, how about forgive? Forgive someone who's hurt you or wronged or diminished you. The word of, the road of forgiveness is a long road, but take the next step. And how about this one? Bless. Bless and do not curse. Bless and do not curse. Could I invite you to come back next week? Let's pray a minute together. Lord, we pray that you'd release your Holy Spirit of love into our hearts right now. If you have a hard time believing that God loves you, would you, may I invite you to just say, Lord, I'm taking a risk. Would you break through my resistance today and help me to sense that you do love me? Would you pray for that if you don't believe you're lovable? If you carry wounds from relationships that have been pain-filled, would you ask our Lord to pour his love into those hurting, sad, despairing places? To pour in love. If your heart has been pierced by arrows of hate by people close to you, would you invite Jesus to gently pull those arrows out of your heart and to massage your heart with his love.
And if your image of God is an angry one or a distant one, would you ask this week for some encounters where you will sense the one who loves you so much? Would you pray for yourself now that you, this week you could live in and from the goodness of God? So Lord, may your kingdom come. May your will be done as your love is expressed deep into our hearts and shared through our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.